Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... The Bag of Ducks. The Bag of... Am I right in thinking that this is a film noir episode, Yes, it's a film noir episode, yeah. The the Bag of Ducks. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, the problem is, Tom, every week Mm -hmm. I say at the end of the show... Doesn't matter what genre you, you you try and give us. Yeah, you know we'll pitch it. We'll do our best. Yeah, it's really come back to bite me now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with the sharp razor sharp teeth. Yeah, that ducks, <laughs> the, the, the have. ducks have. Yeah. yeah, that's the joke I was going to make there. Uh, <laughs> Rosemary Margarella, seemingly not knowing what the genre is, doesn't <laughs> matter. Gave us that this week. I uh, keep saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. it really doesn't matter. You can give us anything any week, and we'd uh, we'd pick it. Rosemary possibly the first one to take us seriously on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so Rosemary Margarella got in touch with us on facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast. You can give us titles any time of the week. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show as well. So as Matt said, we're doing film noir. It's a real genre. It's a real genre of film <laughs> that we have, have constantly no found out that we have no experience in. And yet you keep pulling it up, putting it up on the pole. It's like when someone says film genre, yeah. it's up there. You go film noir, don't you? It's yeah. like top three yeah. film genres that you think of. Yeah. Like it's fantasy, like... sci-fi, because... film noir. Shall we get on with some honourable mentions? I don't see why not. All oh, right, so let's just let's just dive right in. Let's dive right in. Because we do not know, know we know not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part of the show where we just take a few more film suggestions, film title suggestions that we've been given, and just pitch those movies as well. Yeah. So from fingers to hand, we've got the worst detective in New York. The worst detective in New York. Yeah. If you had to cast the worst detective in New York, Tom, mm. who would, or, or is this a competition to find out who is the worst detective in New York? <laughs> like America's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Right, I've got a world build for this. Yeah. Which is to say that instead of superheroes, instead of like, you know, Western stars and stuff. Yeah. Instead of cowboys or any, anything else that people aspired to be. Yeah. It was it was it was West sorry it was it was film noir and detective stories that kicked off yeah right and so and because they were all set in New York New York is now overpopulated with people trying to make it big as a detective as a as a PI yeah yeah like forty percent of private investigators uh, investigation work in New York hmm. is now done just investigating the disappearances of other private investigators. <laughs> I love how 40% of New York is now just private investigators. Because there's, there's LA like files, there's, there's sort of like LA noir t- sort of things, right? Mm. Where 
um, uh, you know, young women come to Hollywood to to become actresses or uh, and yeah. that sort of thing get exploited. Then it's the PI's job to find out where they go, they went, yeah. find out what happened with that abusive boyfriend and that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. Same thing, apart from it's 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 young men and women from outside <laughs> of New York coming into New York to try and make it big as a PI. So- <laughs> So I quite like someone who, <laughs> wow, who is who is on on the on the case trying to find this PI that's gone missing, looking for another PI. <laughs> so this is, this is the third third one in a line of in a line of so many. <laughs> so I think um we we like we co-star yeah um it's Ryan Gosling yeah okay who is who has been here for a little while yeah right he's been in new york for years he's sort of on the on the edge of like tired condescending done with it all mm. right getting there um we don't know when he first got into pi uh, into being a pi yeah but he has um been contacted by our new fresh faced pi uh-huh. uh who who's going to be the new the, the sort of uh uh, <laughs> <doesn't know. laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. No, they start that young. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not using Millie Bobby Brown again. Uh, um, I think... Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. This, the is, new this is a very priest. much a film that he would star. In. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see him starring alongside Ryan Gosling. So, so Rowan Atkinson's come from England. Yeah. Because he's he's seen the films. I want I want to see him do an American accent. Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, sure. He's doing an American accent. Yeah. He's like, ah, I've been here for a couple of days now, looking <laughs> around. I've been looking looking around for for good, for, for some someone's gone missing. And now, then... now, now, I've... Like, it's hard for English people to distinguish between an American and a Canadian accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was very much a Canadian accent. Right, but here's, here's, here's the joy of it, right? Yeah. We it like the break comes at a tension point halfway through. Yeah. When we when uh, Rowan Atkinson reveals that he's from England. <laughs> right. All oh, right. So he's pretending to be American. I got you. To to sort of win the favor of of Ryan Gosling, who he looks up to. Um. And right. And I think right yeah. at the end of all this, they realise that the that the sixth private investigator down this <laughs> down line, the chain, was actually was actually looking for someone who went missing who wasn't a private investigator. <laughs> there was actually a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually had a proper job. Uh, oh, hey pro- Ryan Gosling, we gotta <laughs> find this person. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's like. And you're sure you're from Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm from the bayou. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I'm American. <laughs> and I American find this missing person. <laughs> Are you sure you're not from space? <laughs> That's what he asks. Like he, he he thinks he's an alien, and the audience do. Yeah, yeah. the audience we think all... this man is an alien. <laughs> we all think that Rowan Atkinson's an alien. <laughs> but I think I think basically the tone the, the the tone of this, the worst detective in New York, yeah. is very rat race. Yes, yeah, very much. <laughs> like 
Yeah. You've got all these different people trying to compete to find the the one the one really good person. Like to get to get into the books. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're competing for a place in the in the in the New York PI Hall of Fame. <laughs> And uh, it turns out that the person they're looking for is the worst detective in New York. Yeah. And uh, and <laughs> the one who failed to find New yeah. York. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Everyone's searching New York for this missing person. And he's in New and Jersey. Then, exactly. Yeah. No, 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 he's in York. He's in, he's in Old York. He's in Old York. And that's why Rowan Atkinson thinks to look over there. Yeah. And he <laughs> is the guy from York. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so from Jeff Beard, we've got clean pavements, dirty shoes. <laughs> now, I'm going to be honest, this just sounds like a sort of like the start of a rhyming couplet. From uh, to to like a a uh, an Aerosmith song. <laughs> yeah. Clean pavements, dirty, dirty shoes. <laughs> Whenever I see you, I'm bound to lose. Uh, that plays as we see some very very clean shoes walking on clean pavement in yeah. clean New York City. Yeah, yeah. This is like you can see how clean New York City is from space in this film. Uh, New York City got a proud mayor who's really cleaned up the streets. It's Danny DeVito. Physically, yeah. yeah. He's he's sat there in his mayor's office, feet up on the desk. I've done a good job. Well, here's the thing. He's the only mayor of New York ever to start in the role of a, of a refuse collector, mm. right? Like, he was a bin man. He worked his way up. Yeah, and, 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 and he did such a good job that everyone was like, oh my God, you're... You're a great bin. You're, you're a great bin guy. You're a great trash collector. Like, yeah, maybe I should be mayor. <laughs> and no, then he gets forced into the role. I don't uh, think he. I think he's like he's he's the kind of guy who's like, yeah. Uh, you know, I just like doing my job and clean, cleaning everything up. You know, it really gives me a sense of purpose. And they're like, sense of purpose. You're the only person in New York with a sense of purpose. I'm making you mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like this is the thing. He's got a clean record. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's 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 not doing anything bad. Yeah. Physically and and uh, and metaphorically as well. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's very very clean. He's very clean. He, he's he's spotless. Danny DeVito in this film. He's so clean. You can't see any dirt on him. Can't pin anything. And I think um, while he doesn't care much about the organized crime dealings of. Um, New York. <laughs> well, I mean, organized crime can continue to happen as long as the streets are clean. Well, okay, but he's right. Danny DeVito doesn't care about whether it happens or doesn't happen, right? Yeah. But the problem is that a lot of the organized crime that was going on mm. um, uh, needed dirt on the mayor. Yeah. The previous mayor, the way they were able to control the mayor yeah. was by just they, they can't, constantly they can't having blood on him. <laughs> they can't get dirt on him at all. Oh. Well, while all that's going on, yeah. someone's leaving mucky footprints. <laughs> Muddy bloody footprints. Mucky footprints, aren't they? More mucky pups. And it's this person who's seen what the mob's doing, yeah. being a bad time, yeah. and he's like, I want the mayor to notice me so yeah. I can bring this up to him. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, yeah. we have a point of view character um, of, uh, let's call it... 
uh, Nick Jonas. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nick Jonas is an organized crime boss. Yeah, yeah, all right. And he's trying to get Danny DeVito embroiled in all sorts of affairs. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, dressing up sort of, like, as, like, kind of... Uh, Lola Bunny sort of thing, you know. He's like <laughs> Nick Jonas is dressing yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. dressing up as as prostitutes and stuff like that. You no, know, literally as cartoon, sexy cartoon characters. Okay, right. I, yeah, I like that idea even more. Yeah, and, and you know, like you know, you know, in cartoons where they dress it as like essentially a female sexy version of the of the main cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick Jonas is doing that of Danny DeVito. Okay, so Nick Jonas is dressed as a sexy female Danny DeVito. Yeah. Got you. And, uh, I, and, we all know what that would look like. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Danny DeVito's uh, eyes go like, awooga! Popping out of his head. Yeah, yeah. As a cartoon heart stretching out of his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. It's very much in the style of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. A little bit. A little bit. But without the cartoon. Without the cartoon at all. It's just incredible body horror. It's photorealistic. His eyes bulge out like some like practical effects 80s horror. And then his chest like ruptures. The thing is, the visual horror is not anything to do with the film. No. It's just really unnerving to watch while they just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Danny Vito's it's like... like that bit on Alien where the chest burster comes out of John, John Hurt's thing. John Hurt's chest. <laughs> but no one cares. Like, it just happens. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, this is normal. Yeah. Like, or just like, it's like, yep. He's got another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Danny DeVito is like... really like that female version of himself. <laughs> so Nick Jonas is hanging out in, in Danny DeVito's offices and stuff. Yeah. And all the way through the film, we're being teased with like, oh, no, 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 Danny, don't, don't do it, don't do it. Because they've got cameras everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And Nick Jonas is like draping himself over, over, the, over these uh, sofas and stuff, right? Mm. And uh, like... It always looks like Danny DeVito is going to do something, do some drugs or mm. something like that, or like pick up a gun that was used in a murder, whatever, right? Yeah. He just barely avoids every single one of them. Yeah. So then Nick Jonas is like, well, I'm going to have to have an affair with, with Danny DeVito. And then <laughs> Danny DeVito says, because he's been, he's been in disguise all this time. Mm. And then um, uh, Danny DeVito says, I'm sorry, Nick Jonas. I know you want me to get to, <laughs> he's, he's seen through it all the way through. Yeah, and he just says, uh, "I'm sorry, Nick Jonas. I know you dressed up all nice for me and everything, but I've already got a husband." And then, and then his husband bursts in. Yeah, played by Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, now sure, um, with the muckiest shoes on. Yeah, it's like, why won't you notice me? <laughs> And then Daya DeVito is like, oh, I can't believe it was you, my <laughs> husband, who's going around with your mucky shoes, <laughs> muckying up my very clean town, which all I wanted was to be able to see clean how clean New York was from space, <laughs> and you've ruined that for me. He gets a gun out in front of Nick Jonas, <laughs> shoots his husband in the face, and, and Nick Jonas is like, Right, well, all that shit I tried to get dirt on you for. Right, I won't tell anyone as long as you let us do all this shit in in the city. You could have just asked. We can we can get we can get rid of the body. Nick, you could have just asked. I 
<laughs> I didn't think of that. All right. This is Nick Jonas. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't think of that. All right. I, I honestly thought that you were a very, very clean mayor who didn't like anything to do with organised crime. It's like, yeah, I, I just wanted... I'm a clean mayor. I don't care about organised crime. You could have just asked. Don't organise crime, Nick. Well, and he picks the Joel Osmond's body up and just walks out. If it makes you happy. <laughs> don't drip the blood on the floor. It'll dirty up the, the <laughs> pavements. There we go. That's it. That's how the film ends. Yeah. Clean pavements, dirty shoes. Clean pavements, dirty, dirty shoes. All right, so those were all our honourable mentions. Thank you to everyone who's given us titles this week. Uh, remember, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and tweet us at Life's a Pitch show just to tell us how the show is. You like the show? Give us a like, give us a follow there and give us your titles as well. Don't like the show? Keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to your dirty self. We're not like, we're not like those other fools who caught controversy by trying to make people say, oh, this is a terrible show. Yeah, this is a terrible show. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Don't put, don't put their face everywhere. We're not about that noise. Yeah. We want our face everywhere, but only because you like our face loads. So that brings us to the main feature of our show, The Bag of Ducks. The film title given to us by Rosemary Margarella. Thank you for that title. The Bag of Ducks. The Bag of Ducks. Wow. Whack. I mean, in many ways, Tom, we've got carte blanche here because... um, I don't know what that means. We've got a a clean slate. We've got... We we can do whatever we want. It could be anything. Because... um, because, Yeah, no, I get that now. Yeah, um, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) It's not quite tabula rasa. That's like you've you've, you've done something and then you've wiped wiped it all off. But But this is just... Carte blanche is like you can do do what you want. Blank canvas. Yeah, it is. It's a blank canvas. Yeah. Um, Quite literally. I think it's like blank page. Yeah. Um, uh, In many ways, Tom, we've got carte blanche here because... There are films that are called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and, and there's nothing to do with cuckoos at all. Yeah. Right? Bag of Ducks could be the name of a a, a secret society mm-hmm. or it could just not be featured in the film at all. <laughs> yeah, or it could be something like the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. Like the, the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is the, is the Bag of Ducks. <laughs> the Bag of Live Ducks. <laughs> One of these ducks lays a golden egg. And the mob is after it. Right. It's Terry Hatcher, the duck farmer. Terry right? Hatcher. Yeah. Terry Hatcher from Desperate Housewives. Yeah, yeah. Terry Hatcher and, is a duck uh, farmer. And Superman, the new adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that Terry Hatcher. Was it the new adventures of Lois and Clark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. She's TV Lois, Lois Lane. Yeah. From that. The, the one with Dean Cain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, right. Mm-hmm. Wait, wasn't Dean Cain Batman? No, he was Superman. Oh. Who was Batman? Michael Keaton. Uh, quite a lot of people have played Batman, Matt. <laughs> Matt, who, Matt. Who was the man who was, who was the bat? Who was the man who was the bat? Yeah. That was uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Val I'm thinking Kilmer. of. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Dean Cain. <laughs> Dean Cain. Dean Cain and Val Kilmer in a sort of new DC extended universe. <laughs> I'm down for I'm that. I'm down. Both just like chubby... 
Uh, <laughs> chubby aging superheroes. Batman v Superman, where they're just so tired. <laughs> they're both just really tired. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Terry Hatcher is our protagonist. Yeah. And she's a she's a duck farmer. Yeah. Um, and this is the most straightforward way we can we can do this, right? Like she's got a very very valuable set of ducks. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think anyone has ever said that line ever. Before. I reckon. Um, what's ducks in? Is ducks in golf? You know, like, oh, but, I got but, a yeah, duck, yeah, yeah, a duck. Oh, um, cricket. 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 Yeah. Ducks, oh, yeah. he's had a very, very valuable set of ducks this this season. The thing is, though, a duck in cricket is you're out before you get any points. Yeah. So a very got... valuable set of ducks. So you, we're talking about a corrupt a cricketer. We're not. We're <laughs> definitely not talking about a corrupt cricketer. Why not? <laughs> Is it because we don't know anything about cricket, Tom? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> All right. The thing is, I definitely know I know more about cricket than you do. Well, that, that doesn't take very much. Um, yeah, exactly, and I don't know much about cricket. <laughs> okay. The Bag of Ducks. Yeah. Terry Hatcher, Duck Farmer. Yeah. We've got that much. <laughs> we do. That's all I had. Out in the countryside. Yeah. Where? One, it's all in black and white. Where is she? She's out in the countryside. Just it doesn't matter. We don't. We don't stipulate countryside. what country. Uh, America. The countryside of America. Yeah, the, the, the idyllic Dust Bowl. The idyllic countryside, Shire almost uh, <laughs> of, of 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 America. Yeah, like rural New England. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's got a, a duck that can lay a golden egg. Okay. So uh, here's how we find this out, right? Mm. Um, Terry Hatcher is is from a long line of duck farmers, mm. right? Um, she's they live out in um, like this old old house in New England, yeah, um, with lots of land attached, and she got, gets given as a as a little girl, yeah. a duck to look after. Yeah. It hatches out of the egg right in front of her, and the little duckling just follows her everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, one day she's playing out in the garden and it's flapping around behind her like wah, wah, yeah. wah. Um, it's it's sort of just lost all its fluff and it like sort of wanders off into the like wanders off into a, a, a the dark cave area at the end of the garden yeah right at the end of this sort of land that they're <laughs> playing in right and she's like creeping up and it's like what's going on down here and then like there's this just just terrifying noise from inside this cave. <laughs> and then out walks the duck again. Just All right. completely normal. She's like, well, scary, but I'm not... I don't have to, go, don't not... have to go further on into this cave. Yeah, yeah, scary, but I'm not going anywhere near that cave. Yeah. So come on, duck, we're going home. Yeah. Right? Anyway, cut to Terry Hatcher, who's now 30. Yeah. Duck's still alive somehow. Mm. And... It's laying golden eggs and nobody knows why. What was in that cave, Matt? Spit it out. It's... Tom, what else is in caves in New England but a Lovecraftian horror? <laughs> fish people. Yeah. Fish <laughs> people. It's fish people, I suppose. Fish people are in that cave. <laughs> and they have 
cast magic spell <laughs> somehow, on this duck. Somehow change the duck. I just think that the duck is, has to be somehow changing. That so was I just, I just really love the idea that that is what's made this duck lay golden eggs, and it's never brought up again. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's like that's just the backstory behind this duck. So I, I eggs. think, I think it is brought up again, mm-hmm. but only in, in, in such a way as that's all in the past now, yeah. right? Yeah. As in. They discovered the fish people cult. Yeah. The Lovecraftian horror tried to take over her farm, mm-hmm. her family's farm, succeeded in destroying most of the buildings and killing most of the ducks. Yeah. Her family, half of them died. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know what? They moved to Boston. They moved to Boston. Yep. Terry Hatcher is now strong and sort of like knows what she's doing she's re-established a duck farm from like the few ducks that they had left yeah she's in, a powerful businesswoman in the middle of the city yeah she is terry hatcher's duck empire it's boston duck empire boston duck empire yeah <laughs> so where's the film noir coming to because that that in itself is a fascinating film it's almost but, Forrest Gump levels of biopic. But there. we haven't seen any of that, right? We've only yeah. got a flashback to her walking into the cave. <laughs> then later on, someone will reference the fact that her family's come back from quite a tragedy. <laughs> okay, so we've got a very. They're very... at a gala, Tom. They're at a gala, yeah. And someone is speaking and saying, "Tonight we're a, we. Uh, it's um. Uh, we'll say we celebrate the life of." I mean, she's not dead, but the 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 incredible Michael Fassbender. Yeah, uh, Michael Fassbender steps up to the mic. He says, "Tonight we've got an amazing guest speaker. She's come all the way from New England. Uh, her family moved here from New England, and uh, since then she's come back from such an incredibly uh, incredible tragedy. She's uh, quite a stalwart spirit and an incredible businesswoman. And she's given the most to charity ever." It's it's in history. It's honestly incredible that they, she managed to keep these businesses afloat in such a tough time for her family. I want you all to welcome Terry Hatcher, everybody. Terry Hatcher, uh, <laughs> the the duck farmer of Boston. <laughs> so she gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. She gets flat out murdered. Yeah. At that um, at that gala. Yeah. Oh oh oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, that's going on. Yeah. Terry Hatch is walking up. Mm-hmm. We've been given Terry Hatch's backstory already. Yeah. Okay. Cut two. Um. Uh. Karen Gillan. Okay. Who's wearing a uh, a bowler hat. Yeah. Right. She's um and she's fiddling with a with a with a Rubik's cube. Uh. And and sort of like uh, <laughs> she's just fiddling with a Rubik's cube. And is she and, wearing a bowler hat and like a full on like suit with tuxedo. suspenders. Tuxedo, it is. Aww. Um, like a proper like t- t- suit uh, suit and tails. Yeah. yeah. Right. She's <laughs> wearing a uh, she's she's doing a doing a Rubik's cube, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of her her minder like leans in, who's wearing a he's like a wearing a, a police badge. Yeah. Right. And it says. You're not paying attention. You know that there was a security threat here uh, uh, just the other day, and she's like, "I'm paying attention." <laughs> I'm paying attention. I am. Oh, I, I'm, I'm paying attention. I really love the idea of uh, Karen Gillan speaking like this. Speaking like a cockney. What an entire film. <laughs> um, Karen Gillan is going to be our um, kind of almost decoy Sherlock Holmes for this film. Tom. Okay. 
She is a a, a, a detective savant. Okay. Right. All right. So like a Poirot. Uh, yeah. Poirot. <laughs> she, she's known for wearing a bowler hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and and the suit and tails always. The suit and tails. Yeah. yeah, always, even in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the there are scenes where she's in the shower washing her hair, all all sexy uh, and stuff in in black and white. <laughs> it pulls back, and she's in a full suit. <laughs> It's just getting more and more damp as the film goes on. So, um, as uh, the film series goes on, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Gillen. Just Gillen. She's known as Gillen, the detective. <laughs> Gillen, the crime wizard. Gillen, the crime wizard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. She's called. Um, goes around with a Rubik's cube. Yeah, yeah. Bowler hat on. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's so... never, she's never done that Rubik's cube. Meantime, Terry Hatcher is fin- finishing her. Um, yeah, she doesn't know how to do them. She just sort of like she just she likes like, the tactile sensation. I really like the idea because there there is like a trope in cinema of, of someone's fiddling with a Rubik's cube That's and then why it's I just it done. Yeah, 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 it's never done. No, it's never done. <laughs> like because... in fact, she puts it on the table <laughs> and then the the camera leaves it on the shot as though it has been done <laughs> yeah. because it's in black and white. We'll never know. <laughs> No, that's it. She's fiddling with the Rubik's Cube. Um, and yeah, we don't know if it's done. It's in black and white, right? <laughs> There's no point in it being <laughs> There's there. There's no point in it being there. Um, except to rub it in that it's in black and white. <laughs> so meanwhile, Terry Hatch is finishing her speech. And she says, if you look under... <laughs> that are the golden eggs as well. <laughs> yeah, just the eggs. <laughs> we, can get, we can get away with so much. Yeah. Um, apart from at one point Terry Hatcher goes you're laying a golden egg <laughs> yes yeah it's um, almost radio drama-esque <laughs> yeah so it's like radio drama but well, with colour in, in in old movies it would be she'd, she'd hand an egg to someone and they'd yeah. go ah they'd bite it and go yeah. gold salad gold <laughs> maybe like J.K. Simmons or someone yeah um, but uh, yeah so Terry Hatcher meanwhile Terry Hatcher's uh, kind of wrapping up her uh, uh, her speech mm. and she says and so as thanks to you all for accepting my family into the uh, into the Boston elite mm. which is what this the, the camera pans up and that's what this dinner is called the Boston, the Boston elite. elite yeah um, uh, you, if you look underneath your tables you'll find a bag of ducks each <gasps> <laughs> so <laughs> people look people are like what? Sort of like there's a gasp yeah. like that, and then you're like, wait, what? Like what? And then, and then everyone quietens down, and then you can hear, <laughs> and so someone like pulls the pulls the the um, tablecloth up a yeah. bit, and it's like it's a load of bags, of, bags ducks. of ducks, like burlap sacks filled yeah. with ducks, <laughs> like. What are we supposed to do with these? Who knows? And then she jumps out the window. <laughs> And people start dying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's up to... Uh, and <laughs> She jumps out the window and it's up to the fish people. The fish, be- <laughs> the fish, the fish people? people walk in with guns. <laughs> this is a hostage situation, says one of the fish people. <laughs> well, this is a hostage situation. This is a hostage situation. Uh, the main, the main fish person, uh, 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 Nick Cage. Nick Cage. All right. Yeah. Oh, this is a hostage situation. <laughs> so, 
Karen Gillan. Yeah. Is the detective. This is like if Poirot was. <laughs> Just imagine that Agatha Christie one where he's where he's on a train. <laughs> it's like murder on the Orient Express, but heist on the Orient Express. Hostages on the Orient Express. Hostages on the Orient Express. So sure. we all know who the killers are. He's just trying to figure out who the killers are. And why. And why. <laughs> because there's no nothing to be done about this now. Yeah. Unless they can figure out what any of these people want. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, quite a lot of these people at the gala are quite shocked that fish people exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, this is... this is. We'll say um, that it's J.K. Simmons, who's um, Karen Gillan's minder. Yeah. Like, police minder. Yeah. Um, a la, you know, uh, Castle or whatever. Yeah. They yeah. always have a, a regular cop and then the genius one. Yeah. Like, um, like Sherlock's not actually a part of the police force. No, but, but exactly. But the assistant sometimes is. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Um, In the TV show Elementary, yeah. starring... That guy from Train Spotting and Lucy Liu. And Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu, I'm pretty sure, is part of the police force. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, J.K. Simmons, like, what are we, what are we gonna do? Mm. They're, they're, they're everywhere. And, and, and Karen Gillan's like, yeah, we can't do anything about it. No. The only thing we need to figure out is why. <laughs> and then, well, that's that's what you have just met a told me uh, we need to figure out why all this is happening because <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no I, I have the one I have been the one pushing for the weird shit to happen <laughs> yeah. this episode and I have no idea why how to bring it into the into the realm of why yeah <laughs> just be like she jumps out the window uh, fish people appear yeah why Matt so what building are they in right now? They are in a the, the Boston, library. The library. The Boston Library. Boston Library. Um, and uh, this is uh, where, uh, like, when J.K. Simmons, uh, like, sort of, they're, they're looking around. They're like, what's going on? The ducks start killing people at first, right? The ducks yeah. kind of clamber out the bags. Oh, and, 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 and are jumping at people, like, uh, and, and tearing their, their throats out. And then the fish people come in to lock the doors. Yeah. Right? And this is this is like uh, at this point, J.K. Simmons is like, "What's going on? What's going on?" Looks around. Karen Gillan's gone, mm. right? And so J.K. Simmons like is is like he but he sees the door going of the of the kitchen, mm. right? You know the kind of double doors, almost like saloon style. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he like sneaks away using mm. his police powers into the kitchen. Yeah. Following following Karen Gillan on a winding path through all the corridors of this building, right? Mm. There's no way that they're getting all these people out alive yeah. or just out from the hospital situation. At, at no point do we question that this library would have a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's got a hosting hall. Yeah, no. I know, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it would have. <laughs> but I was just like, I got quite a lot way into that. <laughs> I got all the way, Tom. Yeah. I... <laughs> you, you were coming out of it. I'm pretty sure you had no idea that no. a library wouldn't have a kitchen. Listen, Tom, yes, it would. Classically, libraries don't have kitchens. Yeah, but Boston Library does. Boston Library it's does. Because it's such a beautiful building. Yeah, it has to have a such kitchen. Such a prestigious building. It's right beneath, the, uh, right between the socks where the socks were. Yes, yeah. Right? 
Um, uh, like, obviously one of them's gone now, but... One giant red sock yeah, yeah, now still yeah, stands in, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. We destroyed it in earlier episodes. But, These two giant red socks. But this, what, this one building mm. actually spared a lot of the destruction around in that neighbourhood when, when the one of them came down. Yeah. Um... Anyway, you know, that's not that's not the point. Point being that this library has a kitchen, Tom. <laughs> so anyway, they they following Karen Gillan up through the, the, the library and, and, and Jacob's just like, What are you looking for? Where are you going? And she's like, I'm gonna find the records. And he's like, The records are what? Don't know why Nick Cage uh, voice now. Um Terry Hatcher's duck farm. <laughs> I need to find out where else t- Terry Hatcher's been. And then, um, so they they go and they start doing research, right? And it turns out that Boston wasn't the first place Terry Hatcher went mm. after her family <gasps> left New England. Where else did she go? She went to, like, uh, well, firstly, the story of, New Eng- of the house in New England, mm-hmm. like, that wasn't even their first one, right? Before that... There were unexplained mysteries what? from her that where her family was staying, like in in I don't know what some what some ancient and unexplained mysteries, Tom. Uh, the construction Bermuda of the triangle. Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Um. Uh, so there was uh, like there was a duck farm that that, that appeared just outside of uh, like Miami. Uh, just outside of uh, of Miami Airport. Yeah. Um. Like for for a bit. Yeah. Before those those rumors started, there was a duck farm at Stonehenge. Yeah, unexplainable. Uh, the the construction of the pyramids. Apparently, there was a duck farm right there. Yeah, the Nazca lines. Right, um, and the reason it turns out right that like the theory that Karen Gillan has mm. is that like why are they always there? Why are these duck farms always there whenever something doesn't make any sense whatsoever? Yeah, and it's because. They keep causing completely insane things to happen, mm. right? Because the more unbelievable a story in a location, the more people start to believe an unbelievable story, yeah. that's when the veil between universes starts to thin. Yeah, yeah. To pull through something big. Yeah. Right? To pull through a giant duck. It's a giant duck. A giant duck. That will hatch out of a golden eyes. egg. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. No, this is this is starting to make sense now. <laughs> of course it is, Tom. Yeah. The more the more we say that something that doesn't make sense makes sense, yeah. the thinner the veil gets. Yes. Remember, this is the whole point of Life's a Pitch podcast. Yep. yep. And so that this duck, this the beak of this duck is coming through on the stage. <laughs> And it's just a giant duck head. It's a giant golden duck head. Children. (laughs) Go forth and take the land. You know what to do. And uh, I think Karen Gillan's just gone like, Bloody hell, this library's got a kitchen. (laughs) Yes. There's a bit of a comedy beat there. (laughs) Yes, says uh, Terry Hatcher. It does. <gasps> Terry Hatcher's back. Yeah. She <laughs> survived jumping out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because, a library story, wouldn't have that many stories. The story had to be, yeah. not only did this library have a kitchen, yeah. right? Pretty unbelievable. <laughs> but 
There were ducks underneath the tables. There were fishmen holding people hostage, and someone survived a three-story fall. No, no, it was like that was the twist. <laughs> someone jumped she, out the window. She jumped out the window. It was ground level. <laughs> and and she smashed uh, through the window. And she's fine. Karen Gillan, right? Um, uh, says, "Oh no, oh no." If the if the papers get hold of this story, everyone will believe the unbelievable. The giant duck will be able to take over the whole of Boston. Give me that gun. Uh, <laughs> no, no. She pulls out. She she pulls out. She, she, where she left the the, <gasps> the, the Rubik's, Rubik's cube. cube. She gets a lighter. <laughs> oh no, no, not a lighter. She turns it over. Yeah. And pulls out the pin. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a Rubik's Cube that's also a grenade. It wasn't a Rubik's Cube in the first place. <laughs> it was a grenade. <laughs> it was just a cube-shaped grenade yeah. that I think we should probably bring back Gillen yeah. in a later episode or sure. something. This is our Poirot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gillen. Sure. Yeah, Gillen. <laughs> so she does who that. Is, who is known for carrying around a Rubik's Cube <laughs> that is also a grenade. So if we ever get stuck in a plot, <laughs> she can just pull the pin and pulls... dives out a window. <laughs> That we now know is safe because Terry Hatcher saw the saw the Rubik's cube. She knew what was going on. <laughs> she fucked up out the window. We'll find out in a lo- in a later uh, in a later film yeah. that Terry Hatcher survived the resulting explosion. <laughs> but um, but the only but the survivor ducks did not. The, the ducks didn't. Uh, neither the did ducks. the story. Yeah, no. Neither gas did the story. leak. Gas leak from the improbable kitchen in yeah, the library. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's why what J.K. Simmons says. Yeah. That's what he puts on his official report. That's why you don't put <laughs> kitchens in libraries. Gillen, maverick detective, <laughs> carrying a Rubik's Cube-shaped grenade. <laughs> and and J.K. Simmons, uh, her assistant, who covers for her. <laughs> Solves every mystery completely instantly. No matter how insane... <laughs> The only question has to be why. <laughs> That's like Poirot at the end of Murder of the Order Express. <laughs> Can't figure out who killed so the So he person. derails the train. <laughs> he just gets them all out. He just or... gets them all out, gets a machine gun and guns them all down. Lines them up. Like in the um, the, the most recent one, what's his name? Um, director who did... Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, Ken Branagh. Ken Branagh. In the in the in the most recent Ken Branagh one, it would have been so easy. Yeah. Because the the big talk is not only a big lo- what long um, table, but also in a tunnel, a train tunnel, yeah. where they're all sat across this train tunnel and it's snowing everywhere. Yeah. All he had to do was cause an avalanche. Yeah. And they'd have been trapped in that tunnel forever. All he had to do was pull the pin. Yeah. <laughs> Gillen, maverick detective. Yeah, Gillen and the bag of ducks. <laughs> I forgot that she wears a suit at all. <laughs> and a bowler hat. A bowler hat. <laughs> Even if she's in shower. She takes the bowler hat off yeah. for the shower yeah. and then pulls back and she's still wearing the suit <laughs> because she doesn't know how to take it off. Yeah. There you go. 
The Bag of Ducks. Thanks, Rosemary Rogarella, for yep. that title. I hope you really enjoyed our film noir adaptation of The Bag of Ducks. <laughs> I'm sure this is what she was expecting. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure that's what everyone was expecting when they heard the bag Life's of ducks. a Picture doing film noir. <laughs> and it's going to be The Bag of Ducks. Yeah, so the film they're pitching today is The Bag of Ducks. Yeah, yeah. Gillen. <laughs> The first start of that uh, script was uh, J- J. From, from the desk of J.J. Abrams. Yep, J.J. Abrams. The, the, the mysterious house, the ducks, <laughs> the golden egg, <laughs> the fish people. We had to finish it with Gillen <laughs> pulling a pin. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the, and then we I think I think maybe we turned it into uh, almost a Ryan Johnson film where the, the, where the point was that it didn't make any sense and we had to destroy it before it got out <laughs> before it got out of hand <laughs> there we go um, yes I hope you enjoyed that uh, if you have feel free to tell your friends about it yeah tell your friends I mean try to explain the plot of this movie <laughs> I mean, it's it's not hard to explain the plot of this movie. <laughs> um, Terry Hatcher has a goose that can lay golden eggs and also summon a demon. <laughs> Karen Gillan solves this movie by blowing, blowing it up. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There you go. Um, yeah, but do tell your friends about us. Uh, we would appreciate it. The only way that new people listen to this podcast is by you guys telling your friends mm. and sometimes if we can corner someone at a party. <laughs> Just, like, listen to this. <laughs> um or me telling someone at work, I'm just like, you'll really like this episode. <laughs> this one specific episode. This one specific episode, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, please, please do that. We, we, we don't have adverts. We're not part of a, a all-consuming sort of uh, podcast network. Yeah. So... Yeah, not that that's those 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 are bad. I don't yeah, want, yeah, I don't want to paint them like the empire. Yeah, but like you know, it, it, we're not part of one of those. Compared um, to us, they are. Yeah, in, in terms of size, <laughs> you know, it. you know the start of Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you've got small ship, big ship. Yeah, yeah. They're big ship. We're small ship. I'm not yeah. saying that the empire. They're not attacking us. Just by comparison, yeah. they are bigger. They are big ship. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. trying to say they're evil. <laughs> we're just we're not saying that they're the em- that they're a star destroyer. What we're really trying to say at the end of the day is just share the podcast. Please, <laughs> just yeah. tell people yeah. about it. But if like if that seems too much, you know, if the force is weak, or you've just other. <laughs> what are you bringing up Star Wars <laughs> for? Um, if that just all seems too much, you can always go over to Patreon.com in order to help us monetarily to help <gasps> the podcast keep going, to help us continue the uh, living our lives, and to uh, help keep the lights on at Life's Pitch Towers. Yep. You can um, give us a little bit of money each month uh, over at Patreon.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast. Yep. Uh, you can get bonuses for yourself, bonus pitches, and all sorts of stuff over there. Bonus pitches, you get to vote on the genre each week for just one dollar a month that's really so, really cheap yeah if you gave us one dollar a month you could have voted for something else other than film noir <laughs> or you could vote you could i mean you can vote four times a month that's yeah. better than your government <laughs> so you also uh, get your name read out you also get your name right read out just like these people here it is my waste of talents that serial dragon is shitting bisques all over wales Brandon's Spanky Mills, Ross Originals. We didn't sell a single box of holy biscuits. 
Stephen D. Thomas, fingers to hand. Prime Minister, this election is a bad idea. Bisks are polling high. James Delaney, a bunch of vigilantes has taken it Edinburgh and named it New Scramble. I don't care about Scotland, Brenda. Our mortgage rates are ruined. Brent Black. In today's news, the Kingdom of New Scramble has vetoed Brexit. Mavis, you are never picking the restaurant again. Finale to the Cult of Bisque postponed due to attacks by the Werebisque? <laughs> Joseph Hegarty, Prime Minister Aberdeen is, is floating up the Thames. Sod it, Sandra. They're here, New uh, they're here run. Newcastle is lost. Alex NSFW... Uh, Prime Minister, we found Carl has been permanently embisculated. He's been permanently embisculated. Sorry if I misread your name, um, <laughs> Prime Minister. Um, Glenn, draw up plans to turn Aberdeen into the third Heathrow runway. Prime Minister, the Queen has claimed Wales and seceded from the Union. Prime Minister, Russia has annexed Northern Ireland. So thank you what? to all those people. Um, those I, I assume they're your real names. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who would put a fake name onto Patreon yeah. of all places. Of all places. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for supporting the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. Yes. Thank yes. you again for listening. If you want, go listen to our old episodes. If you're new, new year, new me, new podcast to listen yeah. to. Yeah, we've got a lot of we've, them. We've got a lot of episodes. We we're, we're almost approaching five years we of haven't content. Missed, we haven't missed a week in five years. <laughs> and it, it might explain where this episode went. <laughs> <laughs> there are clues hidden throughout. Like... I can't watch a film anymore without being quite bored. <laughs> without or without going, did we pitch this? Yes, no, yeah. Which, which Those are the better on, ones. Yeah, which leads me on to my next bit. I think over the next few weeks or so, I'm going to be putting up on our Facebook page and Twitter just just films which we have decided have the kind of vibe yeah. that uh, life's a pitch gives. Big life's a pitch energy. Big life's a pitch energy. So I'll be putting up uh, a few of those posts over the coming weeks. So if you want, get on that. Have a watch of those films because they're all great. And we all we we're, they're all on kind of life's a pictures uh, recommended reading list. Yes, the recommended reading list. Um, in which you know you'll enjoy. You'll enjoy Lives of Pitch possibly even more if you've yeah. seen these films. If you've seen those films, or like you'll enjoy those films even more. If you've listened, listened, listened to Lives of Pitch, yeah. actually, that's probably more true. Yes, um, yeah. because you'll be like, yeah, no, Matt and Tom would have pitched this. <laughs> yeah, like films that we feel have we have pitched at yeah. some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, get on social media for that. And as always, we end the episode with our Yes Very Clever Award which is the award we give away to someone who's given us a title based around an existing title and just had a little fun with it so from James Delaney we've got Acquaintances on a Plane <laughs> it's a sequel isn't it to Strangers on a Train I get it yeah uh, I've been Matt Turner I've been Tom McGrath remember who pitched it by the way <laughs> <laughs>